Hey, book lovers, if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, you may want to listen up because we've got a couple of new things to tell you about Libro FM. And if you're new here, we want you to know that Libro FM is the best place to buy your audiobooks because it allows you to buy from your favorite local and independent bookstore. You can choose from more than 150,000 audiobook titles and get recommendations from booksellers around the country, all for the same price as that other company. You know which one I'm talking about. Except with Libro FM, you'll be part of a different story, one that supports community. And now, just just in time for the holidays, we wanted to let you know that you can also give audiobook memberships to the book lovers in your life. They come in three, six, and 12-month durations. Recipients will receive all of their audiobook credits up front, so no waiting each month for a new book. And they will also receive 30% off all additional purchases during the course of their membership. You can check out the link in our show notes for this deal. And as always, listeners of the Bookstore Podcast can get two months for the price of one when they use our new promo code, BookstorePod, all one word. That's a new promo code. Don't use the old one at checkout at Libro.fm. That's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M. With each listen, take pride in knowing you're supporting local bookstores. Welcome to the bookstore. It's like a book club, but we actually read the book. I'm Becca. And I am Corinne. Let's see. Uh, right off the top, uh, we have a new Patreon patron. So this episode is dedicated to you, Ariba. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. If not, my sincerest apologies. You can let me know. Thank you for becoming a Patreon patron. We do have some plans for getting some new content up there. It's been a bit of a difficult year um, in terms of um, having time for such things. But we do appreciate all of our patrons so much. You make uh, having the podcast possible. You help us keep the lights on, as we say. Um, it, it helps pay for our hosting and our website and all of the stuff that keeps it running. So we love you. We love you. And we're in love with you. Um, thank <laughs> <Yes>. you, Ariba. <laughs> Should we do some business update? Should we actually just give what we're reading for the rest of the year? For the Oh, sure. We have it all picked out because a while ago I got bored and because I didn't know how to read anymore, but I knew how to pick out books. We chose <laughs> what we'd be reading. Um, <laughs> so, mm -hmm. yeah. Let's go ahead and do that. And actually, I guess it's only two months left. So what? Yeah. <laughs> it is November, basically. So, uh, okay. So uh, next, actually, the next book is going to be the first book for nonfiction November, which is um, a greater book world theme that we decided to keep with for our personal challenge prompts. Yes, especially because we don't read a ton of nonfiction. You read more of it than I do. But this is, yeah, this is like to force me to read nonfiction once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my first pick is... I gotta see the full title. My first pick is Shine Bright, A Very Personal History of Black Women in Pop by Danielle Smith. So I picked this specifically because I don't think I've really read maybe one music book ever in my life. It's just mm -hmm. not the kind of thing that I often read. And then also, I don't think either of us are super knowledgeable about pop music in general no i mean i'm aware of it yes <laughs> but yeah <laughs> but i wouldn't say it's our favorite either of our like 
most favorite genre. Not that we hate it, but it's just, again, I don't don't think it's something either of us know much about. So, um, yeah, that's why I picked that one. I thought it'd be a good, like, introduction to that. I just started it the uh, the other day. And yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't read a lot of music journalism, but I think it's probably something that I should look into because I always feel dumb when I try to explain music. So... Yeah, this will be good. (laughs) This will broaden horizons. (laughs) I do want to note, it's kind of funny that your husband is a musician. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) But he'll also be the first one to tell you that he like, I mean, like he knows like music and like, you know, the mechanics of music and stuff. But like, we're both kind of terrible about like actually listening to new music i've fallen into like the 30 year old's trap which is that like i only listen to things that i listened to 12 years ago <laughs> so, yeah but that that should be a good one uh, my pick for november is republic of lies american conspiracy theorists and their surprising rise to power by anna merlin i think in general we both kind of i mean for the podcast we've basically only ever read memoirs as nonfiction, with the exception of the undocumented Americans, which we read last year, which was kind of like, that was more verging on on journalism, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one I'm excited about one because I'm obsessed with the obsession with conspiracy theories in in the world um, in general. And more recently, like the way that they've become center stage to like huge misinformation campaigns within our uh, like public sphere and political sphere. So I'm looking forward to this one. And also one time I saw Anna Merlin at Santa Fe's airport. I think that's the only celebrity sighting I've ever had. And I don't, I think probably she and everyone else on earth would be like, that's not a celebrity. (laughs) So, (laughs) but anyway, Um, so yeah, uh, looking forward to those. And then December is to read, uh, our, our prompt is to read a book that was published this year. So published in 2022. My pick for it was Bobby Finger's The Old Place. You may recognize that title from when we interviewed Bobby a couple months ago. I don't remember when we played that episode um, recently, but mm-hmm. yeah, he's he and Anna Merlin, both Jezebel alumnus. So yes, and then my pick for December, which will be our last book of the year, is "You Made a Fool of Death with Your Beauty" by Akweke Emezi. We have read Emezi twice before Mm -hmm. for the podcast we read the death of vivek og and pet their young adult novel so yeah i don't really know why i guess i mean i like to read all of their new books when they come Mm -hmm. out it is kind of an odd choice because i believe it's a romance yeah so So you're like really on the romance train suddenly (laughs) well and even like if you think about pop music too that can be very romantic you know a lot of love songs so i don't know what's going on with me but (laughs) those are my picks (laughs) all right um that covers all of that um remember that you can check out the the bookstore challenge prompt on the story graph um app website, whatever, and see what other people have chosen. You can always let us know what you've chosen by tagging us in your Instagram posts. Um, We'd love to see what you're reading. Um, And I love to see how people interpret all of our prompts, too. Uh, Because remember, they're wide open to interpretation. Make it fit however you want to. I love that. Okay. 
on to our read for today. So uh, this is Love in Color by Bolu Babalola. It was published in the UK in August 2020 by Headline and then the following year in the US by William Morrow. Babalola is a British Nigerian writer and a self-professed lover of love. This is her first book out and it is a collection of short stories that are retellings of folk tales from all over the world along with the last three stories are brand new ones of her invention so i think what we're gonna do is we're just gonna talk about our favorite stories or the ones that we found the most interesting we won't be going over every single story right but first, as we always do, what did you think of the tone, the writing style, overall impressions? Sure. So I guess I'll just do big, big things uh, up top. I listened to this uh, audiobook. You read a physical copy. Yep, yes. I think. Yes. So um, there's that. I listened to it on Hoopla. Um, if your library subscribes to Hoopla, that's available to you as well. I, both the ebook and the audiobook are available there. And I want to say right off the top, maybe you know this about us if you've, if you've listened to the podcast much, but we're not like the biggest romance readers. Um, I don't mind a romance. And I think one thing that people tend to know about romance and one big big thing like within the romance community is that all romances always have happy endings like no exceptions and that's lovely that's lovely that um you can have that kind of expectation from a book very cozy very like reassuring um glad that exists for people who love that the thing that i found tricky about that is is that like when you're reading 12 or 13 short stories, like all in a row, kind of knowing exactly how they're all gonna go mm -hmm. uh, is it started to feel like a slog, mm -hmm. I guess. A little bit, so so they, I didn't I didn't feel like there was enough variety there. Um, we run through a lot of different tropes, like a, a lot of it's love at first sight, which you know maybe that could just be because it's from hi historically, because <laughs> these are retellings of of myths and fairy tales and stuff like that. So uh, I, it felt a little repetitious for my tastes, I think. But uh, a lot of them were very cute, um, and having learned like a little bit since we. We've talked about these a little together before, um, and you told me about them because you read up on the mythologies. Um, mm -hmm. Having learned a little bit more about the mythologies, I think, helps me appreciate them a bit better. So, yeah. overall, not probably my favorite way to read romance, even though, well, especially because romance isn't necessarily my favorite thing to read in general, but cute stories probably if I hadn't had to read them for the podcast, they would have been better to take like one here and there, like as I was reading other things instead of like going straight through. Yeah, I read the first story. And it really basically felt like, okay, and <laughs> like, what, <laughs> what's really sort of the purpose here? And then I went and looked up because she does list in the back of the book, like, different stories what they're based on like what tales uh -huh. they're based on or what myths and so then i went back and i read them which they're obviously like very short because these are generally folk tales that are passed on through oral traditions actually mm -hmm. honestly i think basically every folk tale is an oral tradition 
originally. At least started that way. No yeah. matter where you are. Like, I think of <laughs> the Grimm's people, brothers, yeah. writing them down. Anyways. The Grimm's people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm real knowledgeable here. But um, so I think knowing those, knowing how she changed things really was what made it interesting because I'm reading it to see, like, oh, she changed this person and then this thing happened instead of this other thing. And for me, that's what made it enjoyable because I'm the same. Romance is not totally my thing. I do think that I enjoyed um, Baba Lola's writing much more than other romance novels we've read for the podcast. Uh (laughs) Um, She's just got a really like charming, light style that keeps it moving (laughs) and uh yeah never makes me feel like wait what's going on in time you know (laughs) yeah yeah but yes i also totally also agree it does get redundant and i also felt and maybe this is why i think the last three which are not retellings of folktales were the ones that I felt most disconnected from. Yeah, I agree with that. And also, I just think, like, if you've got the theme, just maybe just stick with the theme. And Mm -hmm. there you go. Anywho, let's start with uh, some favorite stories. I think probably, do we want to start all the way with the number one? Number one (laughs) favorite story for me, I guess, uh, was Nefertiti. So that one, you probably recognize the name Nefertiti. I'm not necessarily familiar with her story in terms of like mythology or folklore. But in this story, Nefertiti owns this kind of burlesque club. I think she inherited it from her husband who has been like maybe murdered in a political sort of way. And they're kind of part of like this underground semi-criminal-ish, but not like, I don't know. It's it's like a political criminal sort of underground Mm -hmm. (laughs) situation. Um, And she, so she's inherited this burlesque club and now it's kind of like, a women's club for like women like like liberated women i guess if you want to say and she every night is uh she chooses a woman to take to bed with her basically from the mm-hmm. crowd and this night she accidentally kind of chooses a woman who may or may not be a spy for the cl- for the cops or like her political enemies and so it's kind of got like this spy element to it it's the only queer story in the book which you know so i kind of was attracted to that just in terms of like being slightly different in that way and also i like the idea of like a lady-owned burlesque joint yeah oh yeah i mean that sort of thing like lady gang it's it can be it can be kind of like cliche but there's something that i'm pretty much always going to be into that like or lady assassin like (laughs) it's always i love those stories anyways so making it women finally it's like so nice to have yeah But yeah, I really liked this one, too. And I did also find it oddly the most like romantic slash sexy. And I think it's because a lot of times when you have hetero romances, sometimes they can like still kind of lean on 
gender stereotypes uh-huh. or gender roles with like the man being the um, one in power, you know, kind of thing. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I just like romances where, you know, who knows? Like there isn't any defined role right. necessarily. And so that's why I thought this, that one was, um, it was really interesting, you know, because... and as Yeah. As far as you calling it like sexy too, like I agree with that. A lot of these are like quite chaste. And I think, you know, maybe part of that is like over the centuries, different like folktales and stuff becoming more mm, sanitized, I guess, <laughs> yeah. um, in certain ways. And yeah, I think it's one of the few that like her like sexuality is kind of front and center like it's very obvious like she's not interested in any long-term things anymore she just goes and she finds a woman who agrees to spend the night with her and like that's the end of it like the sexuality and the actual sex is like kind of up front and a lot of the other ones a lot some of the other stories like we we're dealing with virgins and mm-hmm. we're dealing with women who are much more chaste and you know nothing wrong with that but it was kind of uh it stuck out to me that this one was much more like sex forward in that respect yeah and there's a couple of that are like teenagers or college students Mm -hmm. which we've talked about this i'm sure we've talked about this on the podcast before but we are not prudes except when it comes to having to read about teenagers having sex Mm -hmm. (laughs) i know kids have sex Uh, more power to them as long as they're doing it safely and consentingly but i don't want to have any any part of it obviously (laughs) i also also tend to think of like when it's like teenagers falling in love i'm just like okay you guys don't stay together make sure you break up before you go to college have your fun and then if it works out you can get together but please live (laughs) your life (laughs) but anyways yes i liked this one too and it really felt like there's so much more to be explored here yeah that's what bummed me out i think about it is i would have much preferred this to be kind of like an expanded thing like this would be like a cool television show i feel Mm -hmm. i think also because it kind of invented this world where there's like these political factions there's you know these long-standing like histories with between the groups like there's a there's a lot there that could be like really cool to read more about but because it's constricted into like this very these aren't very long stories at all they're quite short it gets tied up like really neatly really quickly and that felt unsatisfying to me but yeah the next one that i really liked was atom uh so the original story is atom marries this very very old king and he has like a lot of wives she ends up seeing this guy ituan in the marketplace and she like basically forces him to have an affair with her. Then they get caught by her husband, and here is the trigger warning for some violence. Skip ahead, you know, 15 seconds. The man, Etuan, the king actually, like, ties him up in the forest, and, like, they rip his jaw off and bring it to Atom, and so he's, like, dying in the forest, and then they end up doing the same thing to Atom. That's in the real story. That's in the real original folktale. Right. Really yes. 
depressing and sad. So, and I guess the moral of the story is don't cheat on your husband who has 16 other wives. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. Um, but also, like, the poor Ituan, the man, he really uh-huh. didn't have any choice in this. Like, it's very much like what, like, femme fatale, like Jezebel, like Atom is that sort of, like, evil yeah. um, succubus. Sexy Kind woman. of. Yeah. 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 But in the action, so in love and color story is same kind of setup atom actually is married to this old king in order to save her family from like certain destruction they're going to either have to leave or lose everything and she marries him to save her family from that fate and then she basically finds this secret cave decorates it she keeps surrounded around her like trusted people it's her fuck cave yes <laughs> she go she'll go out to the marketplace and like find men and then send her handmaiden out and the handmaiden like sees if the guy's interested and if he is takes him back to the cave and they have sex and then she sends him on his way never to be seen they never see each other again yeah. This ends when she sees Ituan in the marketplace and they end up falling in love and they keep meeting in the cave. Mm-hmm. What happens? So the king finds them. The same thing happens, right? Yeah. So he gets, I guess he gets sent away to like his hometown. Oh, or that's something? right. He, he runs away. He gets away. Yeah. Eventually she gets away and finds him in this like little village yeah and it's a happy ending because they're happy endings now yeah um i like that one too again i think that's the uh, the uh, only other one really where like it felt like a woman with like a ton of sexual agency uh well you know within limits i guess Mm -hmm. she she had to do that you know secretively but a woman with sexual agency a woman with like sexual desire who who is like fulfilling that and i think that's like an interesting um concept to to see play out especially like i don't know when you compare it to like the way that most people live their lives (laughs) so yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. i that's the thing a thing that i really liked was making atom have had sex with all of these men but still ituin falls in love with her right not that somebody falling in love with you is what like makes you worthy at all but it's like just a nice thing to see her you know him falling in love with her and you know not caring about right how many guys she slept with right the the general like you know old-fashioned kind of romance setup is virginal woman and r- mm-hmm. like rake <laughs> so, yes yeah yeah and then of course giving him his agency back too by yeah. not making her, him like a you know a sex slave to her like blackmailed into it or something yeah. yeah 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 so i liked that one a lot just because of how much it really like flipped it um, which is also very much the same reason I liked the next story, mm-hmm. which is Yah. So in this one, Yah is a, a, a woman, a young woman, and she is going to become engaged to her longtime boyfriend. But I think she does love him. But it's also kind of a setup because like their family has 
kind of had this plan for forever uh, in terms of like a political slash business deal and her boyfriend is like a little i don't know i don't know anything about british government so i'm gonna say minister (laughs) (laughs) and i and by that i mean public servant minister uh maybe like what you would call around here like a city councilman i have no idea what he actually is but he is some some something political uh she is actually more of an activist more of a grassroots type activist she kind of sees herself as like changing the system from the inside by being like the angel on his shoulder to like try to convince him to do things that are more advantageous uh, to the social justice than maybe he would normally do. Mm-hmm. But he kind of is a jerk who like forgets about her birthday or whatever it is. So she's on her way. She's in her Uber on mm-hmm. the way to dinner with him. And he texts her and he's like, I'm late. And then she's like mad about it. And she huffs and puffs and she looks up and she realizes that her Uber driver is her ex-boyfriend from college. And then it kind of goes back and they both remember what that relationship was like and how much they loved each other and how um she was so i don't know what like wild and free and Mm -hmm. ambitious about social justice and it's like a, a, a an old flame kind of rekindled situation yeah it's it's definitely sort of like he's the one that got away kind of feeling and this one I I liked this one, too, because like you said, you know, does she love her fiance? Yeah, it's not like he's the worst person in the world. I mean, he is right. He like he is fairly not great, but like, I, I don't know, it doesn't it's not like she absolutely hates him and is being forced without like against her will into mm-hmm. this. Like she does think that it's a good idea to marry yeah. this guy and it's very much expected of her as well right but and i this one too so the original folktale uh is this i think it's actually a princess she's engaged to be married to this great guy on paper you know financially stable everybody likes him it's going to be great for her families to join like this is going to be sort of a advantageous relationship for them as well and then uh, like three days before her wedding or something like that this like guy come like this guy enters their village and he's like all decked out iced out (laughs) (laughs) seeming like he's like super rich and wealthy and can give her this like amazing life and so yeah in the original story decides to go with this guy and then as they go out of town, she's like, um, like, where's your servants? Where's your house? And basically, he has nothing and is nothing and just pretended to be all of that in order to, like, lure her away. And now she's, like, stuck in this sort of, I think it depends on the tale, but kind of like an underworld type oh, place. Yeah. Like, really horrible. And the, the lesson here is listen to your parents. Mm-hmm. you know don't do what you want to do your parents actually have your best interests at heart and so i liked a lot that babalola switched that making it actually be trust in yourself yeah that you know what is best for you 
instead of listening to everybody else and trying to make everybody else happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I think it was also just kind of like cute. Again, I I wonder, Bubble, uh, Bubble Lola should like write for TV. These all, I think, have like a very, not all of them necessarily, but a lot of them have like very specific scenes. I can see this episode of like a little anthology TV show taking place. <laughs> yeah. Where they're like in the Uber and it's like maybe raining and it's dark at night, but all the city lights are around and they're having these flashbacks to their romance. So it was really like pleasing in terms of like imagining the scenario too. I, I like that one a lot. And I agree like the, the way that it was kind of subverted from its original telling is satisfying as well yeah i i I, the the end scene too where she like is in the uber she's since moved up to the front seat and she has Uh to make the choice to go in and meet Mm -hmm. her fiance for dinner or stay with him and then like choosing to like go drive off it's very it definitely feels like uh you know pre-1970 old movies yeah like gas yeah. was cheap so people could just like drive <laughs> Leave and drive and drive <laughs> so i liked that part of yeah. it too and also yeah the idea of like driving is freedom is yeah. yes yeah <laughs> very tied up in that <laughs> The last story that we we kind of wanted to talk about, I think, is um, Thisbe. So uh, Thisbe is a college student, um, and her apartment or dorm room or something has a crack in the wall, and she can hear her neighbor play his music all of the time. His name is Pyramus, and she has a breakup with her boyfriend and Pyramus. I think he's kind of a player, right? Like, he's got different girls coming in and out Mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. yeah, he he hears, you know, the breakup um, happen and he defends her to her boyfriend. This one was cute because like, I uh, love the idea of like, a, like a hot neighbor falling in love with you secretly. <laughs> yeah, yes, I, I really I think that's sort of what I liked most about the story is the setup. I really the original like greek i think myth of thisbe and pyramus is like i think they're both locked away (laughs) like in prison or something and then they (laughs) have like a wall separating them and there's a crack in it so they can talk to each other i don't know if that happens before they fall in love or they fall in love through the crack i can't Mm -hmm. remember i did not refresh my memory for this one but i liked that setup i was like oh that's really a cute idea is the dorm room and there's a crack they can hear each other also like love the idea of someone thinking like that my taste in music is so good yes that is the next thing that i was gonna say is like that they listen to each other's music and then when they like it they won't like complain for the other person to turn it down yeah and then like after they do get together, they, like, make a playlist together. And then when they argue, you know, they go to their own respective rooms. I think yeah. and then Thisbe, like, sees a new song on the playlist they have together. Right. It's all very, very, like, it's ultra, ultra cute. Like, to the yes. point where maybe it gets a little bit too sugary <laughs> for me. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a, I like the setup for a short story very sweet yeah Yeah. 
Um, I like that one. I, I do want to bring up one story, um, which was uh, Zenu, which I think comes from a Chinese folktale. <laughs> In this one, uh, Zenu is the main character. She is like this pop star with like this crazy momager situation and her mom's assistant or like her hairstylist or something. I don't know. I, I don't, I didn't really understand what was going on with that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Except for that, like her mom seemed to want to make her assistant famous or maybe the assistant was, wanted to become famous. I, was I don't also really just know. confused about how famous Xenu was. Right. I wasn't really sure. But anyways, yeah. They end up um, kind of like stranded in this like uh, the, the town and they're at this hotel and one night, Zinu, who is like struggling with the fact that she can't perform her own music, she has to perform the music that they pick out for her and, and and look the way that they pick out for her to look and do her makeup the way that they choose for her to do her makeup, etc. She's she's bummed out about not being able to make choices, uh, artistic choices. She goes down to the bar and she's talking to the barkeeper and um, he's... Or maybe he's not a barkeeper. I don't know what he is. She, the hotel. The he's everything, I think. He's the hotel okay. owner. He's the barkeeper. He's the milkmaid. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> right, because there's a cow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, she's she's chatting with him at the bar, um, pouring our, all of her sorrows into him. And he's hot also. Um, and, and he's like, well, I have a guitar in the closet. <laughs> and he goes, because <laughs> they have musicians play there sometimes. And apparently these musicians don't bring their own gear. Um <laughs> But he goes to the the closet, gets a guitar, and then she serenades him. And I, this is like my absolute least favorite trope in any, anything. Anytime somebody does a one-on-one serenade mm-hmm. is like my absolute worst nightmare. It makes my skin crawl. <laughs> the Like having to make eye contact with a person as they're singing and playing music to you is the worst thing in the world. And as Becca mentioned at the top of the show, I am married to a musician who plays <laughs> every kind of stringed instrument. And uh, we have a rule that he is allowed to play music around me, but never to me. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, uh, I couldn't handle it. Like I know that like some people like in their fantasies like that's a very sweet and romantic gesture, but to me it like oh, I just <laughs> the worst. Like, I, I personally I find having to sit through like the happy birthday song awkward yeah. enough. Like what am I yeah, supposed yeah. to do? Do I make eye contact with each Who and every person? Yeah. <laughs> do I clap <laughs> along? Like I don't know. Uh so the idea of like somebody singing just me a like personal song, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I would pass away at the spot. <laughs> I yeah, it's miserable. I once was at a restaurant in my hometown and the they were doing a fundraiser for something. I don't even know what it was for, but like they're like, "Here, donate some money." And um this like he, in my memory is a child. He was like no older than 15, <laughs> certainly. We'll sing you a song at your table. <laughs> oh, great. And so we donated money because they like came around table to table and it's like, I can't say no to you. And then he sang us a song and it was so uncomfortable. Like, do I, like, again, do I look you in the eye? Do I, can I continue <laughs> on like eating my meal? Am I just supposed to sit here while my food gets cold for the next like four minutes? It was truly a, just such a bad situation. <laughs> <laughs> ate it <laughs> oh yeah i also yeah w- wonder about Zinu. like 
did she tune the guitar or was it just like <laughs> automatically <laughs> in the right tune like after yeah. sitting in the closet for who knows how long <laughs> right also in that story the hotel proprietor he keeps making jokes about making out with his cow <laughs> and i'm sure it's because like the original story is called the cowherd and the weaver i didn't read that one so i don't know what the original story was but so obviously they have to have like a cow in there somehow but so many jokes about making out with a cow made me start to think does he actually make out with his cow <laughs> it's too much also i think the cow was present for the song i think so too right. what kind of hotel just has a cow like inside <laughs> It's it's interesting thinking about both of these books um, that we chose for this prompt. So like I chose I chose Baba Yaga laid an egg. If you've listened to that episode, you know you may understand more about what I'm about to say. But like the third part of that book was like a long examination of the first two parts of that book and like how they compared to the myth and uh, like the the retellings and and different like iterations of the Baba Yaga tale. And I thought like. As I was reading that, I thought it was kind of painful to read through. But afterwards, I was like, you know, grateful to have had it because it was like this sort of study in in the mythology of it. And I found that really useful. I feel like I probably would have needed more of that for this mm -hmm. to, to enjoy it like slightly better. Um, and I think I got that a little bit like after you explained what like some of them were, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think it's good. And I think she's got an afterword that I listened to in the audiobook too, where she kind of breaks down like some of the stories in the way that she like subverted, subverted them to make them more feminist in a way, or like at least to give the, the female characters more agency in them, which was helpful. But uh, if you're going to read this or if you're going to listen to it, like, I don't know, maybe check those out first <laughs> because I think yeah. that background is useful to enjoying the, the stories themselves. Yeah, I think unless you're just like a, a romance fan, which I think you could get a lot of enjoyment out of this. Like yeah. I said before, Babalola's got just a very fun, very contemporary style that I really liked. But yeah, for sure, if you're not just a romance fan, or I mean, even if you are, I'm not saying don't do this, but <laughs> if you're not a romance fan, for sure, check out the original stories because it absolutely helped me see what the point was and what she was trying to do other than write a cute romance, which is still right. fine. But for me, and, and yeah. I, yeah, I think it's also helpful to just like ground you. But yeah, I think for both of them, you know, I, I came up with this idea for the prompt and I felt like, Ooh, this is like a, such a good idea. It's like kind of a little, could be a little spooky, you know, for October, but I didn't, I wasn't like, madly in love with either book that we picked yeah. so um and both of them are very very different but i'm glad that i read both of them especially i think with love and color it's like okay cool i read my you know once every two years romance book <laughs> yeah i'm good for a while <laughs> <laughs> for sure 
thanks for listening to the bookstore. If you would like to support the podcast beyond listening, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash the bookstore or rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can find all of the ways to contact us. Our email and our social media links are all at thebookstorepodcast.com. Our next book discussion will be Shine Bright, A Very Personal History of Black Women in Pop by Danielle Smith. You can find it at your local bookstore or library and read along with us. The Bookstore is a production of Awkwardly Social Media, produced by Becky Yunk and Corinne Keener. Technical and production support is provided by Josh Bourdon and Zach Titus. And John, if you're out there, thanks for listening. See you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. The Grimm's people. (laughs)